Welcome to the Vital Goddess Podcast, where we explore an empowering and sexy reframe on midlife, menopause, and beyond. I'm your host, Diane Shepard, certified holistic sexuality coach with a specialty in the Taoist jade egg practice and a passion for lifelong vitality. I call midlife and menopause the passion portal, an initiation into the most vital, creative, and sexiest chapter of a woman's life if we choose it. And we have a lot more agency than we've been led to believe. You see, from the Taoist perspective, your sexual energy, also known as your libido, is not just about sex, it's the foundation of everything. Your mental and physical health, your creativity, and so much more. It's your personal holy grail, your personal wellspring of vitality. And midlife is the perfect time to tap into it. I offer a mind, body, spirit, and trauma-informed perspective on Taoist and Tantric practices that support you in reclaiming your pleasure, unleashing your inner goddess, and aligning with your true desires so that you can rebirth your life and rock your third chapter like a queen. If you're done feeling like you're being put out to pasture, you are in the right place. I have a hunch that you're just getting started. The best is yet to come. You see, we're in the midst of a renaissance here. A new way of being human on the planet is emerging and reclaiming our sensuality has everything to do with it. I believe that turned on seasoned women will lead the way in creating a new world where everyone gets to thrive. These are no ordinary times and you, my friend, are no ordinary woman. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to the show. Well, hey there, welcome back to the Vital Goddess Podcast. I am always so honored and really grateful that you're here with me. So thanks for coming in again if you've been here before. And if you're brand new to the podcast, big welcome to you. I'm thrilled that you're here. I hope you find something here that's supportive, maybe in alignment with you and maybe useful in some way and hopefully inspiring as well. I'm just really excited that you're here giving it a try. All right, my love. So what we're going to talk about, what I'm going to talk about, I guess, is, uh, in this episode is what I'm calling the Venusian Revolution. And this is my take on New Earth. Now, you've probably been tuning into that on some level. A lot of people are talking about, you know, New Earth. And it's pretty apparent that we are all undergoing a massive transformation, right? The old ways are dying. The old systems are crumbling. And new earth is is already starting to emerge. A new way of being human on the planet is the way I like to look at it, is emerging. And, you know, I feel that our embodiment has everything to do with it. And like I say in the intro, these are no ordinary times. You are no ordinary woman. We signed up for this, whether we really think about that a lot or not. On a soul level, I feel like we all chose to be here. And our specific gifts, I should say your specific gifts, your specific quality of energy, your, your frequency, your radiance that is so unique to you has never been more important to, to shine. I really feel that this is why all of this amazing work around healing our trauma, healing our ancestral trauma 
and really getting back into alignment with our authenticity, our unique soul's essence, right, is is um, just becoming much more of the norm, right? People are having these conversations much more available to tap into tools to help us heal whatever's blocking that, whatever is in the way of us really, you know, being who we, we came here to be, right? And doing what we came here to do. But even more important than the doing, I think, is the being. What's the frequency, the energy that, you know, you came to contribute to um, to this new earth, to this Venusian revolution? So in this episode, I want to break down, um, you know, why I'm calling it the Venusian revolution. And it's really, it really comes from the current astrology really, really backs this up. And um, I'll, I'll go into that a bit without getting too technical in the astrology. But it did come from that for, for me, this this insight of my work and how it started to really form this iteration of my work, the current iteration started to form around um, a time of this specific astrology, astrological event, which I'll explain here in a moment. But um I also just want to go into a bit of like human history because I think it's so important to to um, really dive deep and learn about ancient civilizations now more than ever because it's really easy with the you know current historical narrative to think that humans are just inherently violent and dominating and all of those things right and you look at European history especially it looks like Game of Thrones all over the place, right? But uh, what I want to talk about here is a very specific time in history where there actually has been um, some research done on this. So you can actually learn about it and read about it and hopefully be inspired by this. And this culture is called the Minoan Crete Civilization, and they thrived from 6000 BC to about 1600 BC. So that's a long ass time, longer than our civilization, right? And here's the thing, they had no evidence of a military or a dominant sex or class, right? So that common myth that we have about humans just naturally being dominant and violent and um, the pecking order and the dog-eat-dog and all of that, it's not necessarily our natural nature. And there's so few um, examples of this documented. This is why I wanted to start with this because I think it's really so important to to know that that a civilization existed that was really rooted in pleasure. So instead of all the violent constructs that we're so used to seeing in civilizations, they had high arts, architecture, wealth, and amazing um, fashion. They were really into like really cool ornate costumes and clothing, jewelry, and natural cosmetics. They had a very um, lucrative and cooperative trade of with essential oils. They were essential oil oils masters, aromatherapy masters, if you will, and copper, which um, is a metal that's sacred to Venus, which is interesting, but um, also a, a really lucrative copper trade. And this is very interesting. They also did um, trade in a highly effective herbal birth control. So who are these amazing humans, right? Minoan Creek culture, I've been obsessed with this civilization for many years, and there's a fantastic book I want to recommend if you're interested in learning more. It's called Sacred Pleasure, and it's written by a woman named Rianne Eisler. She's incredible. I know I've mentioned this before, 
but she really dives deep into this culture and really about how they were so rooted in sensual pleasure and beauty, sensual beauty and divine love and the dance of the masculine and feminine. I mean, it's just incredible. It's a, it's a pretty hefty book. It's a, it's a deep read, but definitely worth your time and energy to check it out. I, it can be life-changing and can be really helpful, I think, as we're navigating these times now when we're trying to really get on course with, you know, where are we going next? And here's the thing, the astrology, the current astrology has been um, really dictating in a sense or inviting us in, let's say, to bring back, you know, what has been exiled from cultures like that, all about the divine feminine, specifically in her Venus expression, right? So really honoring our sensual pleasure as sacred, really honoring beauty, the real deal beauty, which we'll talk about in a moment, as sacred, and really honoring romantic love or Venus style love, if you will, as sacred, as a core part of being human, this kind of paradigm where the erotic was woven into everything. You know, these ancient people really understood how it was, it's the erotic essence that um, really makes the universe turn, let's say. (laughs) So it's really fascinating and such a great, um, I think, read at this particular time. So I just wanted to share a couple of quotes to hopefully inspire you to check out this civilization, Minoan Crete civilization. So this first one is by Nicholas Platon, and he was an archaeologist who studied Crete for 50 years. And he said, quote, The fear of death was almost obliterated by the ubiquitous joy of living. The whole of life was pervaded by an ardent faith in the goddess nature, the source of all creation and harmony. This led to a love of peace and a horror of tyranny and respect for the law. So I thought that was so beautiful. (laughs) And the second one here is by Rianne Eisler, who's the author again of Sacred Pleasure. And she writes, In Crete, for the last time in recorded history, a spirit of harmony between women and men as joyful and equal participants in life appears to pervade all of culture. So definitely somewhat of a golden age there, and it ended about 3,600 years ago with the fall of Crete and the exile of the goddess of love, of Venus. So of course we can't go back in history, but we certainly can learn from the past. And just knowing that that kind of civilization was possible means that we can we can create it again. Again, we have so much more agency than we've been led to believe, and I really feel that the exile of Venus, if you will, who was so central in that culture, that civilization, and many others, from what I understand, her values of, again, pleasure, our sensuality of sacred beauty and sacred eros, sacred relationship, um, sacred love. When, when those, you know, were dominated, taken away, corrupted, um, hijacked, however you want to look at it, they were almost pushed down into oblivion, um, you know, underground, where they're pushed underground, right? And there were certain people through the ages who were torchbearers who, you know, held those values and lived those values. And some of those people were courtesans and w- would learn these Venusian arts 
and would anchor in this divinity that comes with that and the genius that comes with that having a strong connection to the goddess Venus. And of course, when I say Venus, I mean all of her expressions, not just the European expression, but um, so many cultures have had and maybe do have uh, the goddess of love, you know, expressed in different ways. That's really, um, you know, that was central to their culture at some point. So it was kind of almost a planetary sweep of demonizing that, you know, most powerful, in my opinion, face of the goddess. And so she lost her power uh, as being a, a cohort of, or, um, you know, a, a partner with the God, right? So yeah, we can't go back, but we certainly um, can use this information going forward. So the current astrology is saying, and has been saying for quite a while now, that those parts of the goddess, the Venus expressions that have been exiled, want to come back now, and they want to come back through us. They want to be embodied. And here's the thing, when we get our own personal relationship with Venus, how she expresses through us, dial into that, embody that, we bring that into the collective and we change the world. So why am I calling this the Venusian revolution? Well, there's a deeper astrology here that is too complex to go into in this podcast, but it has to do with the cycle of the planet Venus and her relationship to the sun. But I'm not going to go into that piece. That's deeper, and it's it's <laughs> it's uh, more like um, astrology scholar level, which I don't even know if I could adequately explain it. I understand it, but I'm not at that level of I'm not an, I'm not a scholar. I'm more of I'm a coach, right? I, I'm all about embodiment, so that's my role in this. But um, more, I guess, readily available for all of us to really understand and embody is back in 2018, May 15th, actually 2018th, the planet Uranus went into the sign of Taurus, so entered into, and it's an outer planet, it moves slowly, and Uranus is the planet of revolution, of change of assembly point, of radical shift, right? And really, it's, it's the, um, the god of radical change, the god of um, let's, let's shake things up and wake things up. It uh, can be very abrupt and unsettling. And the job really of Uranus is to, you know, really maybe blow up the old so the new can come through, to be quite honest, right? It can be, again, very volatile, explosive kind of energy. Taurus is an earth sign ruled by Venus. So what does that mean? So Taurus is all about embodiment, yeah? It's about our values. Yes, it's about our money systems. And a lot of astrologers are talking about that. And, um, you know, that's part of it. And so few astrologers, I find, are talking about the deeper Venusian mysteries of sensual pleasure, of sacred beauty, and again, sacred love. And our stewardship to the earth of coming into a maybe even erotic, if you will, relationship with planet Earth, which I think is essential for our survival, right? So this definitely um, flows into environmental concerns as well. It's like our personal relationship to the Taurian mysteries or the Venus mysteries of sensual pleasure, beauty, love, nature, and um, of course, our, our ability to really revel in the beauty of nature, and I really feel, again, that's going to be the real impetus for changing behaviors that have really been really 
degradating to the earth, right? I don't have to go into that. You know what I'm talking about. There's just been so much of our, you know, our systems, our our economies have been based on things that were are destroying the earth, right? So yeah, when Uranus moved in to this very Venusian expression, to me that that's screaming for a revolution, a Venus revolution, a Venusian revolution. I feel like it's um an emphatic invitation for embodiment of our sensual pleasure, for embodiment of our sacred beauty, and embodiment of what Eros truly is, which is an inside job. And if you've listened to my last podcast episode about the inner beloved, I go deeper into that in in that episode. But really understanding what it really is to embody love, the love that we are, the, the Venus and Mars within us in a static erotic union and what that does, you know, that what that lands on the planet, like is true love and bringing that into, again, our connection to nature, being stewards of the earth. So that was one of the astrological events that really inspired me to create a new iteration of my work. And I've been doing work like this for quite some time around pleasure and the jade egg. But that, when when Uranus moved into Taurus, I remember that day. I remember it so clearly in the downloads I got. I just was like, okay, this is what I want to do and what I want to create. And the seed was planted then. And of course, like most things, it takes a while for that to come into fruition. And here we are today. And um, But yeah, it was all inspired by by that, that download that I got. I, was, I remember I was at the ocean. It was just so... It was really powerful. So anyway, there's another event that um, I want to just briefly touch on that has a lot to do with, um, you know, doing the work around this, quite literally. So we have had going on now for about a year and a half, a square between Saturn and Uranus. So Saturn is the planet of work. (laughs) It's the planet of structure and systems and practices and containers and uh, rules and regulations, if you will. But um, Saturn is in the sign of Aquarius. It's been dipping in and out, going into retrograde and blah, blah, blah. But primarily been in, in Aquarius, which is the sign of Uranus, ruled by Uranus, all about liberation, right? So Saturn is coming in and asking basically, all right, pleasure revolution, awesome. Let's do the work. What does that look like? What does that look like in 3D? What are the containers we need, the structures we need, the systems? What are the new systems we need to build to make this, you know, really real, right? Saturn's all about getting real, rolling up the sleeves and getting the work done. So, all right. So maybe you're thinking now, Diane, that sounds awesome. Venusian revolution, I'm so in. You've probably already been participating, whether you realize it or not. I guarantee you on some level you have been. But I just wanted to give you some tips maybe to um, inspire you a little bit more and take it a little deeper. So tip number one is we got to get really clear on our vision. Our personal vision really, really matters. Again, these Venus mysteries, if you will, that have been exiled, want to come up through us. They want to be embodied. They want to have this resurgence, right? This rebirth, this renaissance. And um, we need to know what that looks for us, look, looks like for us personally. So if you haven't done so already, I would recommend getting really clear on your vision for new earth. What does that really look like? What's the utopia that you want to live in 
that you want your loved ones to live in, that you want the world to live in? What does that really look like? And bring it into your five senses. Really make this a beautiful meditation. You can definitely do a vision board. That's a great idea. Journal on it. But after doing that, when you have the the pieces of it, I invite you to bring it into embodiment through your five senses. Really go there, right? You want to embody the frequency. You want to say yes to your vision with embodied action. So embodied action, right? So you bring it in. What does it really look like? Let yourself really see it. What does it sound like? What sounds are you hearing when you enter into that utopian vision? What are you smelling? What are you tasting? What are you feeling? What are you feeling emotionally? What are you feeling as you reach out your hands and feet and touch the earth or the humans around you? And really allow that to come to life, right? Um, That can be a really powerful thing to do. So tip number two is to embody the frequency of sensual pleasure. What does that look like for you? We want to say yes to pleasure with embodied action. And this is going to really connect you to your unique expression of Venus, your unique expression of the goddess. It's going to connect you to your genius. And there's so many health benefits, first of all, (laughs) but really the spiritual benefits is kind of what we're talking about here. Um, It's going to dial up your radiance. So whatever that looks like for you, whatever kind of sensual practice you're drawn to, it could be super simple, right? Just carving out some time in the morning to really savor your cup of coffee or tea listening to beautiful music, whatever that is for you. Um, Or I've got tons of free resources on this. This is what my work is all about, is supporting you in sensual practice, right? So you can just scroll through the different podcast episodes or go to my site and there's free practices there. I have some new offers coming up that I I think will be really exciting. I'm not going to talk about it yet, but I'll announce that soon. Another way, another ways you can engage and, um, you know, really find what works for you. But again, we really do want to say yes to um, embodied action around pleasure for sure. So tip number three is to embody the frequency of beauty. Now I know beauty can be kind of um, a triggering topic for a lot of women. What I want to be clear on here is I'm not talking about pretty pretty to me feels really like superficial and maybe the toxic mimic of beauty, which we've been fed. And it's probably a a lot of material there for a whole podcast episode on (laughs) how beauty has been hijacked, right? Real beauty is um, powerful. Real true beauty, authentic beauty is fierce. And pretty has been what we've been handed instead. And um, yeah, a lot of toxicity around that. So what I'm talking about here is the real deal beauty of you, you know, just shining your essence. So this is connected to the pleasure, of course, because when you are in sensual pleasure, you are radiating your beauty, right? It just naturally happens. So everything I'm going to share is all connected, but I love how those two are connected. And again, beauty is so misunderstood. So I really feel like this is a reclamation. We need to say yes to beauty with embodied action. We need to boldly reclaim our unique beauty. And that is a radical revolutionary act for sure. So just some simple tips on that. Um, Just getting outside into nature and reveling in the beauty, you know, just let yourself drink it in and know that you are not separate from it. That's a practice. 
and just feel that come alive in your body, drinking in the beauty of the earth, of nature around you. Another way to do this, and you really make space for Venus in your home when you do this, is to really take the time to declutter and make your home more beautiful. You could start with just one little corner of your house, especially if you have kids at home right now. I know how hard that can be. I had to claim a little place in my house. I remember um, when I started doing this kind of work. But if we can create somewhat of a space where where it's beautiful, maybe even create an altar to Venus can be really powerful. But it could be artwork, right? It can be anything that's beautiful to you, textiles. But again, making space for beauty in your home, really powerful practice. Another simple practice that I'm really fond of is um, a variation of mirror work, of just simply gazing at your eyes in the morning or another part of your body that's beautiful. There's so many to choose from, I know, which is focusing on that and just allow yourself to receive it. Like see how beautiful you are in the mirror. And as, as simple as that sounds, so powerful. And I also want to recommend a book that I love about beauty. It's written by a woman, Nadine Artemis, who's the creator of Living Libations. She's one of the top world experts on aromatherapy, essential oils, and has an amazing line of skin, natural skincare and other things too. Check out her website. It's incredible. But her book, Renegade Beauty, is such a really beautiful poetic take on um, reclaiming beauty, natural beauty, and um yeah, I'm definitely from the the mindset of we don't want to use cosmetics and um, fashion to cover up our flaws, more to celebrate our natural radiance and beauty, right? As simple as that sounds, it could be a huge paradigm shift when we just come at it from a different angle. So definitely, I'll, I'll link that book in the show notes so you can check it out. It's really a, an incredible book on beauty. And tip number four, we need to embody the frequency of love, Venus style. So Venusian style, which means eros, romance. We have to, I feel like the power of this is when we can get into the habit of putting ourselves into a swoon, like letting ourselves swoon and feeling the frequency of being head over heels in love. And this takes practice. Now, my previous episode, I called it Twin Flame romancing the inner beloved. Great tool there for you. I created a breathwork meditation that you can start to play around with. So I would listen to that episode if you haven't already and start to really connect with, you know, your inner lover, your inner beloved, and get in the habit of cultivating that, um, that swoon, right? That feeling of being swept off your feet as a frequency, and you'll get stronger and you'll be able to hold it more in your system. And again, these things want to be brought through us. And that's what's going to change the world, in my opinion. All right, my love, that was a lot. So I hope you find this useful. And I, again, everything I offer here is meant to be an invitation and an experiment and exploration. So definitely take all of this on. I think Venus would insist in the spirit of playfulness and curiosity. That's all for now. I'll catch you next time. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you're resonating with what I'm sharing here on the show, and perhaps you're curious, you want to know more, you want to go deeper, 
I've created a free masterclass for you to explore. It's called the Vital Goddess Masterclass. And in that masterclass, we go deeper into the concepts that I cover here on the podcast, basically all about reclaiming your pleasure, unleashing your unique expression of the sacred feminine, and rebirthing your life at midlife with the Taoist Jade Egg Practice. It's pretty robust. You want to carve out some time to really take in the information, but you can find um, a link to that in the show notes. It's totally free, and I would love it if you check that out. There's a lot there, and I think you'll get a lot of value out of it, packed with value, very robust. And if you have a woman or women in your life that you feel would benefit from what I'm sharing here on the show, please share the love, pass it along. I would so appreciate that as well. I just really feel the world's going to be a better place the more that um, that we connect as turned on women. And if you happen to be listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, it's never been easier to leave a review. And I would so appreciate it if you did that. And um, it, it's really easy to scroll down. You'll see a little place where you can just type in a review. It used to be more complicated, but on the app, they've made it super easy. And that is a way for women to find this podcast, women who need it the most. So if you have the time, it would only take about 60 seconds now with this new situation. You can just scroll down and leave a review. Be so deeply appreciated. All right. Bye for now. It's been such a pleasure to have you here. I will catch you next time. Take care.